Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Wednesday, July the 26th, 2023. Thank you so much for being part of today's podcast. We are today going to be reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So, um, yeah, great, great passage on resurrection and, and some interesting stuff, too, some mysterious stuff about baptizing for the dead. Whoa, what? Huh? What does that mean? Yeah, let's talk about it. A lot of stuff in chapter 15, probably one of the longer chapters of 1 Corinthians. Um, Second to last chapter, so we'll wrap up 1 Corinthians tomorrow in a short kind of closing chapter. And uh, then we'll move uh, right on to uh, 2 Corinthians next week. All right, you guys, let's do it. Let's jump in. Thanks for being part of the podcast today. Thank you so much for always for um, being a part of this community, community, for liking it, liking the podcast, subscribing, sharing these episodes on your uh, social media feeds, all that stuff. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we are uh, we're about 40,000, 43,000 downloads of the podcast now after a couple of years of doing this. So um, you're wondering, like, how many other people are listening to this podcast on a daily basis? Uh, Roughly 100 or so, 100 to 150 people a day are listening to the podcast. So you're not alone. You're like, am I the only one, me and Pastor Terry? (laughs) Yeah, it's just me and you, man. Just me and you. Just me and you just studying the Word. And uh, and a few of our closest friends, yeah, just checking it out, growing and learning and... um, Letting the Lord speak to them each day, too. So it's awesome. All right, you guys, let's jump in. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's see what the Lord has to say to us today. You know what we do? We read, we pray, change the world. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel. Um, Specifically, the gospel I preach to you. I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you, which you received and on which you have been which you have taken your stand. You know, Paul always wants to tie everything back to the gospel. Like even when he's talking about each of these individual issues that were a problem in the church, go as we've gone through the letter to the Corinthians about lawsuits, about sexual immorality, about um, the proper handling of food, quote, sacrifice to idols, and all these really culturally specific things and uh, real life, you know, where the rubber hits the road kind of things. Um, but he always ties back the, it to the gospel, ties it back to what does the gospel of Jesus say to this situation? That's a great practice for us. Uh, when we're dealing with conflict, when we're dealing with decisions, when we're talking, dealing, uh, dealing with uh, interpersonal issues, when we're t- talking about 
dreaming and planning and goals. We're talking about navigating situations or even hurts. What does the gospel say? Uh, even seasons of emptiness, seasons of um, mourning or sadness or just melancholy. What does the gospel say to even those seasons? Yeah, this is a good practice. And Paul always does that. So verse 2, by the gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. So not only believing, but an evidence that you truly have believed and accepted the gospel is a determination to hold firmly to the word, a perseverance, an endurance, um, a continual devotion to Jesus beyond just an initial, initial commitment. Verse 3, For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the other brothers and sisters on the, at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen, fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as one abnormally born. So here in these verses, I mean, this is really the core of the gospel. This is the gospel. Paul says, I'm going to pass on to you what I received. So he's, passed, he's already passing along what is of most importance when it comes to our Christian faith. And it's the gospel, right? What is the, and it's what? It, it's, you can list them out. Paul lists them out for us. I love this. It's like, it's like he just, he just kind of, you know, uh, pairs it down. This is, a, this is of first importance. Number one, Christ died for our sins. Like, that is the gospel. Anything that is teaching that something other than Jesus Christ died for our sins is a uh, fabrication of the gospel. If it's a Christianity that, is a, that has a Christ that is just about making you feel good or making you a better person or giving you three uh, uh, life hacks but doesn't address your sin, that is not the gospel. So there is no good news without addressing the bad news, which is we are sinful. We have a sin nature, and we do sins. <laughs> you, and, you and me, we do sins. And so we need a Savior, and Christ is that sufficient Savior who died for our sins. That, that little phrase right there is loaded. Christ, Messiah, died. He died for our sins. So the cross, all of that was a sacrificial death for our sins. You know, there, there are people that try to take, that try to move us away from the atonement, the importance of the blood of Jesus, the importance of the substitutionary atonement of Jesus. That is, Jesus in our place for our sin, he took our place. There are people who want to come and move away from that. Oh, that's so, that's so barbaric. That's so antiquated. No, that is the core of the gospel. When Paul lists the things of first importance, that's the first of the first important things. <laughs> I pass on to you what was of first importance. Number one, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Okay? So he died according to this was a This was according to what God had planned. That he was buried, he really died. That he was raised on the third day, 
resurrection, also according to the scriptures, and that he appeared, that it was, uh, this could be uh, validated, because he appeared alive to not only a few people in the woods or in the wilderness, actually, these were public sightings, <laughs> you know, there are a lot of people throughout history have had these private encounters with God, I saw this, I saw that, but no one else can really validate it, not saying they're all necessarily not true, but they can't be validated by other eyewitnesses. The resurrection of Jesus could, was validated by, uh, over, or, over, uh, validated by hundreds of eyewitnesses. So he appeared to Cephas, the 12, then he appeared to more than 500. Some, and Paul's saying, look, some of those guys are still walking around. You can talk to them. If you think I'm, you know, if you need to validate this story, go talk to them. Some of them are still alive today. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. I love that. Paul's like, you know what? In a lot of ways, I don't deserve the grace of God. I persecuted the church. I'm, I'm, I you know, did some bad things. Um, I didn't deserve to call, be, be called apostle, but he, he, but he did call me. I am what I am. You know, I can't take away my past, and by the grace of God, I am what I am. And I think we can all, Paul would say, I think we can say that, the, that God's grace wasn't wasted on me. May we all say that. That the grace of God didn't, wasn't wasted on me, man. I, 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 I was grateful for the grace of God. I um, sang the praises of God because of his grace. I shared that graciousness with others. I was quick to give glory to God because of what he's done in my life. And, I, and we see the effect, the impact on others and the effect in our own lives. Man, that's good stuff. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believe. Going back to the gospel. So, you know, we had different stories, but we, we you know, we were, that was, that's, this is what we're about, the gospel, those things of first importance. Verse 12, but if it is preached that Christ has not been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If we are preaching that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can you assert that there's no such thing as resur resur resurrection from the dead? Come on. If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. Yeah, yeah Paul is not about this, you know... Well, if, at the end of the day, if all of this was just a, not true, at least we could live the good life. Paul was not on that train, bro. Paul was not on the train of, you know what, at the end of the day, even if Jesus didn't really raise from the dead, you know what, I've lived a pretty good life. I lived a nice, moral, um, fulfilling life. Paul's like, nah, we're, if, if Christ has not been raised, your, your life is futile. <laughs> your life as a Christian is pointless. That's why I always tell people, man, we, we, when you get down to it, the, the bedrock question of Christianity is, did Jesus raise from the dead? Was Jesus raised from the dead? Like, before you start worrying about uh, 
you know, six day create, seven day creation or the, 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 how old the earth is and the uh, inspiration of scripture and, um, you know, who were, you know, who are the, the sons of Enoch, who, who, who are those people and who were, you know, what happened to this person and what happened to this person and, you know, what about this? And we're going to talk about baptism of the dead. Like what, what, what about all that? What is, before you get all twisted in a knot about that stuff. Um, did Jesus raise from the dead? That is the bedrock question of our faith. And if that is true, you work back from there. Because if he's, if he's been raised from the dead, yeah, then we need to take into account the things that he taught and the things that he uh, instructed us to do. But it's, it's there. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, why, do get, why get so twisted up on things Jesus taught? If there's no resurrection from the dead, there's no reason to get all worked up about the things Jesus taught because he's just another human. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, then he, j- he was a moral teacher. Take, take the parts you like and skip the parts you don't like. Yeah. But if he rose from the dead, then everything he said matters, whether, you, whether we like it or not. So it's always, it's always a good, good place to go back to. I mean, it's, the resurrection is like the, you know, it clears the smoke, man. And that's the bottom line. And Paul says, if Christ wasn't raised, this is thing is whole. This whole deal is pointless as a Christian. More than that, we are, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for we have testified about God that He raised Christ from the dead. So not only are we futile, but we're worse than just being to be pitied. We are outright liars because we're, we're proclaiming something that didn't happen, and we're not only proclaiming something that didn't happen. We're proclaiming God did something that didn't happen. So you talk about a, you do not want to be in the place of blasphemy where you're claiming God, God's activity in, in, a, in, a, in a situation where God did not show up or do anything. That's not the place you want to be. So Paul's like, yeah, if Christ wasn't raised, not only are we to be pitied, we're flat-out liars. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Rather than that, guess what? This whole talk about being new life, forgiveness, a fresh start, it ain't happening. You're still in your sins if Christ has not been raised. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ, they're lost. So you're, that your loved ones who died in Christ believing Jesus, they believe the lie. They believe the lie, and they're still lost. If only, this is it right here, man. This is powerful. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. If this, if Christ is just about giving us a hope and di- you know helping us to make it through this life, but there's no basis in reality of His resurrection, like the res- resurrection is not based in reality, man, we are we are to be most pitied. Verse twenty, but Christ has indeed been raised, freed from the or uh, raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who've fallen asleep. Christ was the first to be raised, but He's the first of many who will put their faith in Him. They'll be raised too. But since death came through one man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. So death came through Adam, sinful nature. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in, each, but each in turn. Christ the firstfruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. 
The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for he has put everything under his feet. Now, when he says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that he does not include God himself, who put everything under Christ. So, Paul's just making a little, little technical point there. Everything is under Christ's feet, but God's not under Christ's feet, because what? God, God, and God sent Christ, so, um, and you know they were part of the Godhead. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. So God, God will receive ultimate glory. So this whole thing is just about the, the reality of the resurrection, right? Verse 29, now if there is no resurrection, what will we do with those who are baptized for the dead? Mm, what? Huh? Hmm? So this is a very mysterious passage. I'm just not even going to lie to you. A lot of interpretations on this. A lot of people try to make sense of this, and it's very difficult to make sense of. There's no teaching in, else in the New Testament that people are to be baptized for the dead. Uh, this is the only reference of anything like that. Um, so likely what it is, is in the Corinth, there are people who are um, bab being, or baptizing others on behalf of people who had not been baptized. Well, exactly what it said. Like, so, you know, someone dies and you're not sure if they're saved, so you're like, we think they need to be baptized, so let's baptize in their place. Um, and I think what Paul is saying here is um, he's not, He's not validating baptism of the dead, but he's acknowledging that some people are doing that, but he's using it to make a point about resurrection. He's like, you got these people who are baptizing on behalf of the dead, but if there is no resurrection, why are they even doing that? So he's not necessarily saying, hey, that's what you should do. He's not saying baptize in, you know, for the dead. He's just using their actions uh, to, um, to illustrate the hypocrisy of it if they really don't believe in the resurrection. So you got people, so if you're baptizing for the dead, does it, is there any way that makes any sense if there's no resurrection of the dead? He's, if that, I hope that kind of makes sense, what I'm saying there. Um, I don't think Paul is suggesting that's what we should be doing as a practice. He's just pointing out that, here's just, look, um, that is incredibly, uh, why would they even be doing that if there was no resurrection? Um, if the dead are not raised at all, why are people baptized for them? So apparently there's some people who are doing this baptism for the dead, but they don't even believe in the resurrection. He's like, this is, that's all stupid. That's just foolish. Why would you even do that if there's no resurrection? He's just pointing out their own contradiction. And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus our Lord, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Hmm. Paul's just keeping it real here. He's like, if there's no resurrection, then, man, just eat, drink, and die. That's all there is to it. And why am I, in why am I facing danger? Why am I risking my life for the gospel? If Christ hasn't been, been raised, it's all pointless. Verse, eight, uh, verse 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning, for there are some who are ignorant of God. I say this to your shame. Hmm. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? 
Yeah, like, what are we going to look like? <laughs> How foolish. What, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies. Okay, so the, the, the physical body has to die to be raised. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined. And to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. Now, all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another kind. Birds have another. Fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly body is of one kind, and the splendor of the earthly body is of another. So he's saying we're going to get a different kind of body. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And stars different from star to star in splendor. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. So this perishable body will be sown, but what is going to be what is the fruit of this uh, body that is in Christ is going to be imperishable. So that's what's going to be raised. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. Um, so it is it's sown as it's, it's dishonor. Otherwise, the body wastes away, right? The dishonor, the body. Paul's being super real here, right? The body doesn't die. The body loses its honor when it dies, right? It just, it's it withers. It 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 decays. It quote unquote loses its honor, but that and that's what's going to be sown. But it's going to be raised. Come on, in glory. <laughs> it is sown in weakness. The body when we die, it always is in weakness, right? But it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living thing, and the last, Adam, a living spirit. The spirit did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. So Adam came first, then Jesus. You've given that as an example of our natural bodies come first, but we will be raised and be given then a spiritual body. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and then after that, the super spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. Mm. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, too, so, are, are, so also are those who are of heaven. So we have an earthly body, but it's going to be raised as a heavenly body. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. Praise God. We're going to bear the image of Jesus. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. This is the verse that they put on nurseries at the, at the church, little baby nurseries. We shall not all sleep but we will all be changed. <laughs> the little diapers are going to change them little diapers. No. But anyway, anyway, I digress. I digress. We will not all sleep. In other words, we, not everyone who follows Jesus is going to die. Some will be living when he returns, right? So we will not all sleep. We'll not all die, but we will all be changed. So those who die first will be changed. Those who are alive at Christ's return, we're all going to, as a collective family of God, we're all each individually going to be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be 
raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. Hallelujah. When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the, whoop, then I skipped a page. Oh, hold on. Then the, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear friends and sisters, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Hallelujah. Paul kind of went full circle there, right? Started off talking about if the resurrection isn't true, this is all pointless. But he kind of comes back around. It is true. Christ has been raised, and death will give it give way to victory. And um, so, therefore, all of your work, everything you do for the Lord, is not in vain. It is not in vain. Man, praise God! All right, you guys, thanks so much for being on today. Let's uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for the power of the resurrection. Lord, thank you for a reminder of those things that are of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And He appeared to many, and uh, many of whom were eyewitnesses to that powerful event. And so our faith isn't futile, Lord, and what you said matters. And our work for you matters. So God, help us to, to work for you today uh, in a way that, uh, that matters, in a way that bears fruit. And uh, and proves to be um, that the proves to others that the grace of God was not wasted on us, <laughs> that the grace of God is put in great effect. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the hope of the resurrection. Lord, I pray for my friends. May you bless and encourage each one of them today. I ask in the powerful name of the risen Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you today, my friends. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for liking, liking, subscribing, sharing, all those good things. Really appreciate that. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll be back at it tomorrow as we wrap up 1 Corinthians with chapter 16. We'll see you then. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.